Welcome to the Family Goals Podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. My name is Joel House, and the purpose of this podcast is to encourage you to grow closer to God, to strengthen your marriage, and to inspire your family to reach its highest potential. We are on part three with the wives, so if you haven't listened to part one and two, go and do that now. In this episode, we dive deeper into some marriage conversations. Take a listen. Well, let's shift gears. I, I know we're, we're um, pushing time a little bit. But let's get back. There's another book I want to talk about. I think this one, this might spice things up a little bit Ooh. for the. Uh, <laughs> hey, are you are you with us, Lindsay? Here, you. you still you still. Um, so are you the, embarrassed that your pastor sitting there? Nah, nah, you're good. All right. Fine. I mean, I'm not sure anything can embarrass me anymore. That's true. That's for true. 17 years to this one. Yeah. So, the title of this book is "His Needs, Her Needs: Building an Affair Proof Marriage." And the big idea with this book is the husband has five needs and the, the wife has five needs. They're two completely different needs. And we need to be the one to meet our spouse's needs. And if we're not meeting those needs. Somebody will. Somebody else is. They're going to go somewhere else to meet those needs. So we need to make sure we're meeting those needs so they don't go somewhere else. I'm sure you wrote down the needs. I wrote down the needs. You want to hear them? Sure. Okay. So. Oh, that's a good idea. Well, you know, you've read the book before. We haven't. You haven't read the book, Mm-mm. so what would you th- what would you think are the Lindsay's top five needs? Or women in general? Women in general, emotional support. Does or is that going to be is that way too broad? Uh, intimate conversation. I'll get. I'll give you that. Yeah. Okay, now you do one. Oh Lord. Is this for you? Guessing for him? For him? Yeah, you're guessing oh. for men. Yeah. For men. You'd be better you, for men, anyways. You're more of a dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact. She is. Um, I mean, I would think physical needs being fulfilled. Yes, yeah, yeah, sexual fulfillment one. Sexual was number one. Okay. So that was number that was number one on the list. For yeah, men. number one on the list for men. And so the opposite of that for for women would be affection. Okay. So they prefer affection. We prefer sexual fulfillment. What's affection? What do you define affection as? Like um, touch. Holding hands. Cuddling. Holding, holding hands, cuddling, kissing. Like all throughout the <laughs> That's why the I day. said my wife's a dude. <laughs> He's not married to a normal woman, I don't think. <laughs> like if I gave her flowers, it's an wa- absolute waste of time. She doesn't want flowers. She wants food or coffee. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me, I'll just give y'all five each and, and then. Okay, that would be a lot better than the awkward silence. Yeah, that's good. So the top five needs for a wife are affection, intimate conversation, honesty and openness, financial support, and family commitment. So family commitment's last, or is that are they they necessarily ranked? I don't think they're ranked. These are just these are just the top top five five. that she wants. And then for the husband, sexual fulfillment, recreational companionship. Physically attractive wife, domestic support, and affirmation. Dang. That makes us sound very uh, <laughs> superficial, very surface level, like caveman barbarian. But is it true? <laughs> Not to me. What's your number one? No, I, I'm saying number one is fine, but number two and three, it feels the same. Like, you want her to be physically attractive? I, no, I, I mean, yes, but I'm just saying, like, that's that wouldn't be that wouldn't be tops on the list. Like, I don't know, is that, is that tops on the list for you there, Pastor Jay? 
Well, I think you want your spouse to, you know, take care of herself, you know, yeah. eat healthy, yes. exercise. Yes, the answer is yes, I mean, because yes. he's made comments of those who don't take care of themselves. Dang, honey. Not to throw you in the bus. <laughs> Why don't you name some names? No. Nope, <laughs> but, I mean, that goes back to that being our passion. With I mean, yes, yeah, so he appreciates someone who's going to be fit and take care I of I appreciate that my my kids have a role model of somebody that works hard, that is disciplined, that is, like, I appreciate the crap out of that. Like, I appreciate that, but more so than that, like, I appreciate that Leah has a mom that she's going to see is conservative, like, covers herself up works hard, is sensitive, is sweet. Like, I, I appreciate the crap out of that. Like, that is the one of the most awesome things ever. So, like, she shows, Lindsay shows Leah how to be a lady. Like, I love, I absolutely love that. So, so maybe for you, your top five aren't necessarily the top five that are on this list, and maybe for Lindsay is not necessarily the top five. I think it's important to know what are, what are your top five and what is the most important and what, what, what can Lindsay do to meet your needs, and what can you do to meet her needs? What are what are the, what are the what are the Jonathan over here? What's his? Definitely sexual fulfillment. <laughs> I mean, number one. God, we're that's most men. We're chilling when we need him. I know, but also like he companionship. I would say talking. We do a lot of talking. I mean, I want I want my wife to be my best friend. Right. Like, and I want I my, uh, to be my sure. person. Like, to be the person that the first time something happens, whatever happens in my life, I want to think the first person I'm going to go to is her. Right. And I don't know what that is. I'm, I don't know how you, like, quantify that on the list, but, like, I want to be her person. Mm-hmm. How about that? That's, that's on the list. Well, one of the things I love about him is he's a great dad. Like, he's put our kids first from day one. I think um, I didn't know that when we were dating. I'd never really seen him around that many kids so I did wonder but he's a great dad and it's been priority the whole time and so yes yeah, so family commitment family commitment Commit, yeah. commitment to the family financial support yep and you want to have some money in the bank to buy some groceries and when we were first married we worked with campus outreach we raised our own support and so our salary was like twenty eight thousand dollars and so we had all we wrote everything down and we each had like twenty five dollars a month that we could like have for ourselves and that was it and so we had to really we had to learn how to do and then we went to seminary and had even less money (laughs) but we say that that was like some of our best times because we learned to communicate and to have fun on nothing yeah i'm not sure where where we go from here i think the the biggest need is meeting each other's needs whatever those needs are so he, he used the illustration of a love bank like putting in, putting in deposits, and you take out take out withdrawals, and so um, whatever whatever's going to put deposits into, into her love bank, and maybe it's just getting together and talking about love. Well, and sometimes it's trial and error. You don't know what puts deposits in, right. you know, until y'all until you do enough life and talk about it. So well, and I think that's important, like communicating about it, and that's where at some point you get to an age where you kind of get through the fluff and get through the crap and you're like fully willing to say, yeah, I don't really need that. That's okay. Like I don't, that doesn't do anything for me or that's not that important to me. You know, like I think you can ask, you can ask questions, but more importantly, you can be honest with your spouse and be like, yeah, it doesn't, that doesn't bother me. Like that doesn't do anything for me. That's not, that's not important to me. Yeah. I think I, think I was going to say communication is key and maybe not those five for him and mm-hmm. those five for me, but cause we do, well, 
I found myself, I know the comparison game is terrible, but like seeing what another mom or wife does really well and apologizing like, oh, I don't do that. Like, do I need to do that? And him, some things are not important to him. He's like, no, that doesn't bother me. I don't care. Like you do this well or whatever. So it's not a cookie cutter thing where everybody's needs top priority on the list are the same. So I think talking about it and figuring that out is super important. So, you know, I mean, so, just recently we had that conversation literally yeah. a couple of weeks ago of, Oh, well, you know, I don't do a lot of that. And I was like, I don't need that. I don't want that. I don't need that. That's not something that's important to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, like her cooking a meal every meal, I don't give a crap. I don't care that much about eating, first of all. <laughs> I'd rather her play war with Nicholas in the, in the living room than cook a meal. In a heartbeat. In a heart. It's not even debatable. Like, in a, in a million years. We could skip all meals and just have playtime. <laughs> <In. laughs> and he would be very happy. In. Well, I think the wis- the wisdom that Lindsay just shared may have been the most wisest thing said on the podcast today was communication. So really doesn't matter what this list is. What matters is what what is your list. And so communicating to each other, these are the top five things that, on are, my li- that are to me, and this is what you do that helps me meet those needs. And then, you know, you vice versa. But it's just like communicating wise, in your yeah. prayers to God. It's just like your communication – but you have to be honest. It's not what right. you think you want them to hear. Because I, I, I told my small group, my sixth grade boys, I'm like, listen, because they feel awkward praying, and I never get any of them to pray. And I'm, I'm like, all right, the first person that doesn't raise their hand has to pray. And so I make them pray anyways. But, like, I'm like, God already knows your heart. Like, so you don't have to hide things from God. You don't have to be scared to reveal things. from Like, God knows what's going on. Like, you can be honest in your prayer life, too, and you can be honest with your spouse. Like, it's, that's how they're going to meet those needs. That's how they're going to care is if you say, like, yeah, that's important to me. Like, it's okay to say sex is important to you. It's, it's not the, that's okay. You can say that. You don't have to feel like a barbarian. I mean, and, and plus, if you're a man, everybody says that. So, And if you never communicate it, they're never going to know. know. Right. And we talk about this a lot of times because the, the people who aren't confrontational, the people who kind of keep, keep everything in and it like builds up and builds up and builds up. But if you would just communicate to your spouse what's important to you, it would kind of save a I lot remember of early on, frustration. I would like have in my head, like he knows I need him to do this. And it would build up, build up. And then I would be mad at him for not doing it. And he would say, Jennifer, I will do anything you ask me to do, but you have to ask me. Lindsay can relate. You yeah. can relate. I will do anything. <laughs> I cannot read your mind. Yeah. I am not a mind reader. And we don't think of, we just don't, some of us, some men don't. I mean, I just, she's always thinking about what needs to get done in the house. And I I don't think that way. Like, I'm just like, hey, sweet, let's go. What are we going to do today? Like, but if something (laughs) needs to be done, just tell me. Like, I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the gift of like looking around and seeing what's dirty and stuff. I don't, I don't care. Nothing bothers me with that kind of stuff. So I'm just like, what are we going to play today? She's like, do you see the house? Hey. Needs to be cleaned. Make this again. Okay. Yeah. But we yeah, You're but you gotta tell us. So so the message on Sunday we were we were talking about our shape and how God has shaped us, spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, passion and experiences. And so I was get, kinda giving a few illustrations at the end. I said, well, if you if you're if you're a big kid, like if you're a you're an adult and you still act like a big kid, student ministries for you. Yep. He was thinking about you. He had you in mind. Yeah, Wit turn, Wit and Nicholas turned and looked at me right away. So that, there was a lot that agreed with you. Just like uh, yeah. our girl from our 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 sister from the uh, our sister from the baseball team. I think one thing that I want to say is that God created us for a purpose to 
the Great Commission, go and make disciples, and that y'all get to do it together as a couple, we get to do it together as a couple is such a blessing. And I think for me, and I would th- I know for all of us, our, my time alone with God helps me stay on mission, which helps us stay on mission. And that's like the root of, root of it all. Um, and I feel like it's such a privilege, and I love watching y'all from afar sometimes. I don't get to be with y'all. Um, but to, to be on mission for God as a family, as a couple, um, doing it well. So I'm grateful for y'all. Well, we might not be on mission without you guys, so we appreciate y'all. 100%. Well, it was great having Lindsay on the podcast. She did so, it more often, honey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you did great. You I did. knew you it would. Wasn't, it wasn't terrible. Is there? <laughs> you did good. <laughs> and Davey let you talk. He yes. Which was great. Yeah. So I want So one last thing. If there anything you want to share... Oh gosh! Before we before we tune out, I'm about to say she's listened to all the podcasts, so she can yeah, call me on anything. anything. Anything you're like, hmm. I'm, the podcast is great. It really it is. is. In the beginning, I did, and I think he called me out on it on the, like the second or third podcast where I had kind of had to tell him like, eh. Eh, you don't always <laughs> do all those things you say you do. <laughs> <laughs> you have great intentions, but no, I mean I th- that's like I think y'all keep it real. I think it's important for people to know just because you're a pastor and just because you're a, you know, a follower of Jesus and this huge image, you don't have it all figured out. You still struggle and fail every day. And, you know, you're just, you're real humans. You know, we, we all fall short and, um, I love listening to it because it gives some great advice, but it doesn't feel like you have it all figured out because none of us do. Right. And, I appreciate all the compliments from y'all, but we still aren't, you know, we haven't met our fullest potential. We're still growing and learning and have a lot to figure out. And, um, but it's, it's, it's fun along the way. I mean, we've been really blessed, really, really blessed. Um, so we're at a good spot. We're surrounded by some really great people. Well, if you need to know those things you need to work on, I always got your back. So appreciate that. (laughs) Well, you guys are in the thick of it. I mean, yeah. y'all are right in the middle of the parenting. I mean, yes. y'all are right at this, like, crucial stage. And so it's, it's going to be exciting to see, as we apply these family goals principles, Yeah, what are our kids going to be like when they're 30? What are our kids going to be like when they're 40? I mean, that's really the test of time will show. So well, I, yeah. I, I, I can't I will wait say to this. see what happens. Early on when we started going to Greystone, to the main campus, and you were preaching, um, I've never forgotten this, and I've brought this up so many times. You, did, you were talking, it was parenting, and you talked about how you weren't raising, you know, kids. You were raising adults. You were you, you were raising kids to be at thirty five. Are they responsible and respectful and love Jesus and and you know can take care of themselves? We're not we're not trying to be our kids' best friends when they're little. And that has just stuck with me. You know, and I tell my like Nicholas has heard me say it, I don't know how many times. Like I'm not here to be your best friend. I'm here to raise you into a responsible human being who's going to go out and contribute positively to society. And contribute be, to your wife. Be, be a good human who can take care of himself and then go be a leader out in the world. Like, I'm not here to be your best friend. I'm here to raise an adult, right? Like, I'm not raising a kid. I'm raising an adult. But anyways, you said that a long time ago, probably 11 years ago in a sermon. And I was like, that is so true. You know, we get so caught up in the here and now of raising our kids. But what do we want them to look like when they're 35? You know, they're not going to remember when they were four and we put them in timeout and, you know, we're hard on them. So, anyways. So, 20 years from now, we'll check back in. Yeah, see how, <laughs> see how we did. <laughs> I want to dive a little deeper before we go. 
Why was purity so important to both of y'all? Um, being raised in a Christian household and being brought up in the church, like that was, you know, being a virgin when you were married um, was just always instilled in me. So that was a lot of it. Um, I also was incredibly fearful of my father, who was a strict, strict disciplinarian, and I knew what his rules were when it came to a lot of things, including that one. So um, I also had that little bit of fear ingrained in me. But on top of all of it, I had a really good group of friends, um, and none of them were sexually active. That just wasn't really a part of my world in high school. And then I met him. And that really, I mean, I give him most of the credit just because being an 18-year-old male, that's what they're thinking about most of the time. But he knew where he stood on that and didn't ever pressure me. So there was never this, it was really never a decision for me. Like I knew what I believed and then I didn't have to make a choice because he never asked me to make a choice. So for me, it was it was just kind of a no-brainer. Like I it had that ingrained in me and then he just supported it all the way. And I think... You know, it's interesting. Me and Nicholas talked about this in the car ride on the way to the golf tournament the other day. Literally, we talked about this subject. And I just said, because we talked about, he's like, you know, which one of our friends fight? And he's like, because I was like, he's like, you know, you and mommy don't argue, don't fight. I was like, no, we don't. I said, but at one time we argued more. I said, I've learned not to say certain things, buddy. Like, I've learned that. I was like, it's an important thing for you to learn. But I think that um, we both made a decision. We both knew what the Bible says about it, and the Bible's very clear. There's not a question about it. It talks about, in the Bible, extensively, about not having sex before marriage, staying pure, about what it can do. Here's one thing I think is important. I haven't found one person that I know that had sex before they were married. They're like, yeah, all my guy friends and stuff, they're like, yeah, I'm so glad I did that. 90% of them are like, man, I wish I'd have saved that for just my wife. So... It's something that we made a decision. It wasn't always easy, but once we made a commitment together to do it, God honored it and God helped us through it. And then he continues to bless us in our marriage because of it. Amen. How would you start to evaluate your priorities? Y'all mentioned that y'all noticed that something was off. And what did y'all do to adjust your priorities? I think you have to just take a step back and look at where are you spending all of your time? And for us, it was either sports or hanging out with friends or he would be on the road. Nowhere in there was it one-on-one time with your spouse or just family time um, and very minimal church time. So just laying it out literally, I mean, like I'm a very visual spreadsheet type of person if you have to do that or just thinking about where is all your time going um, and I think you can see clearly when you do that what what you have made our priority and then where you're lacking. And so seeing that, well, no wonder our marriage is struggling because nowhere in here was us spending time, just the two of us, and working on our marriage was that on the list anywhere. Um, a lot of friend time. Well, were these friends, you know, having our marriage and our family's best interests at heart, you know? Not not necessarily. So that time needed to go away too, you know? So I think just being real, you have to be really real and really honest about where you're spending all your time and what you have made a priority. And then those things that you, you know, that should be there, you wish should be there and being intentional about just making that flip. Okay. Well, we've got to pull away from sports or friend time and we got to make more, 
you know, go on date nights, go on weekend trips, you know, get, get back into church, find a small group, whatever, finding the things that can make those other categories back as a top priority. I think the biggest thing for, for us was, I think we took each other for granted. I think we were together for so long and we just kind of assumed that it was going to be good. It was always going to be good. We were always good. And I think we thought we would just go through life and it'd be easy, but we lost the, we didn't realize how much it, you had to be intentional and it was going to take work. I think we, it, it was never really work. And then you have kids and it becomes a little bit more work and it's a little bit more exhausting. So you got to make a decision if, it, if it's worth fighting for. And we had to fight harder for us as opposed to it used to just be us. And now all of our time is being spread between so many different places, but us became second or third, fourth on the list. And then once we changed that, it changed, it changed everything. Well, if you're married, if you, if the marriage is broken, if something's not working properly, that's when you evaluate your, unfortunately it takes something bad happening for you to realize something's not right here. It's Unfortunately like, for our whole lives, it's yeah. like that. It's yes. like, like if your car breaks down. I mean, your car broke down the side of the road. Well, there's a reason that car broke down the side of the road. So let's try to figure, let's take it to the mechanic and figure out. What. I knew I should have got that oil changed. I yeah. forgot about that. <laughs> well, and going back to the communication part, um, I was going to say that, like you said, you go through the hard time one time and hopefully you learn from it. So you, you have to do like check-ins, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. like with the communication don't just figure out like what are his needs what are her needs one time and then okay just coast through like you have to come back to it often and check in are we doing a good job have they changed what do you need from me now like we just we do a lot of that now because we don't ever want to go back to where we were I mean we're thankful for that time because it did get us to where we are now but I think we learn from it that it things do change you know we change as people constantly and our stages of life change and so just having a lot of communication, but checking back in often of where, where are we? Are we good? Or do we need to adjust something? Like, you know, I think that's always important. It always in the end, though, when you get more me, it's a win. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> For the moms out there, that feeling that they are stuck, that they are alone, they are up to their eyelids with diapers and bottles and laundry. What would you say to those moms right now? Well, I think it's twofold. You're you have to go through that stage, you know, so it's hard. I look at our young moms, like we have some staff wives that they have three kids under the age of five and they are tired and worn out. It's just a stage and life gets better. (laughs) Um, That's, I mean, that's the brutal facts, but I do think communication and just trying to carve out time to do things with friends, developing friends, time with God is different because you have babies on your legs all the time so just get more creative proactive I don't know it's a hard it's just a hard time of life it is that way it is and you're not you do you have to go through that stage everybody does that has children and you're not alone um I mean I'll never forget feeling so unprepared after Nicholas was born for all the, I mean, I thought, Oh, I went to school to be a teacher. I love kids. This is going to be so easy. I'm going to have this mom thing figured out. Oh, I had no idea what I was getting into. And then talking to a friend that got pregnant about a year and a half later and kind of just being super real with her. Like, this is, this is not awesome. Like it's hard. (laughs) And she came back to me and she's like, 
thank you. You were the only person that told me like, this is going to be really hard. So anyways, it's going to be tough. Um, and don't, and don't compare yourself. Like don't get on social media and see these moms who look like they have a baby on their hip, making all these home cooked meals and all this kind of stuff. Like, no, that's not true. Like, it, 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 is, it is what it is, and you just kind of kind of push through it. But I do think also um, finding time, you know, to and it may not be very often, but finding time to still, you know, hang with friends or do something for yourself. Um, so spouses listening, yes, like. It's okay. Y- your wife is probably not going to say yes. You're probably going to have to make her go do something. Because there's this, like this mom guilt where you're like, I can't leave. I can't leave the kids. I can't go do that. I'm a terrible mom if I'm not here for this, if I'm not here for that. Make her go. Make her do it. Your kids are not going to remember. You know, I had a mom who worked my entire life. She was a working mom. She missed a lot of stuff at school because she couldn't get off. I don't remember any of that. Like, I don't remember that she couldn't be there for all that. I just remember, I mean, she was an awesome mom. She she did everything. I mean, she was great. And I don't, your kids don't remember the time that you missed one thing because you went to, you know, get a massage or to get your nails done or whatever. Thank you for listening to this week's Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. Taking a deeper dive into meeting your spouse's needs. Are you making a deposit into their love bank? What do you need? Do you know their needs and are you meeting them on a daily basis? Communication with your spouse is the most important thing that you can do to strengthen your marriage. Communicate with your kids. If you're not making time each day and week to have honest conversations with them, then you are not helping your family to reach their highest potential. It's going to take hard work. They're going to fail and it's going to be awkward. But as time goes on, God will do amazing things through you and through your family. So this concludes season two of the Family Goals podcast, but do not worry, season three is already in the works. I want to remind you to grow closer to God, to strengthen your marriage, and to inspire your family to reach its highest potential.